All right, welcome, welcome to the Modern Nurse Podcast. My name is Emily Knife, and I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest, um, Matt Zeman from The Art of Psychedelics for Everyone. And um, he's going to dive into his book and then also into a journal that is also linked to the book and to just get more education on psychedelics in the nursing world because it's kind of unspoken. So I'm so excited to introduce you today. So Matt, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here. Emily, thanks for having me. Nurses are really the front lines of our healthcare. So I'm excited to have this conversation, talk about the intersection of that and uh, psychedelics. Yes. Awesome. So let's just go ahead and start and cut to the chase of what made you want to write something like this? What, what kind of called you into, you know, putting this information out there for everybody? Yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of stumbled into psychedelics. I was invited to participate in a guided magic mushroom experience, and it just, it really changed my life. And afterwards, I was trying to find good information. There's a ton of information out there, but some of it's too technical, and some of it's too opinionated, and some of it's too woo-woo. And I was trying to like, what, where do I trust? What do I read? So um, put the book together. There's pieces that I wrote. There's pieces that other experts wrote. And then brought in um, medical experts to double check all of the chapters for accuracy. So I really wanted this book to be something people could read and could trust, but they could also understand it if they did not have a medical background, which I did not at the time. Okay, nice. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's so true in speaking about trying to find like the plethora of information that you put into the book and then kind of have it backed by multiple entities you know, saying that, yeah, this is really good information. And I think it's important to have it on a level for everyone. And you did that in this book. So tell us more about, um, you know, why you took such a broad approach to writing a book to kind of, you know, feature everyone um, in your book. Yeah. So I started off with some personal stories because I wanted people to connect with how psychedelics have impacted me. Um, and, and I'm actually back up for a second. The book is called Psychedelics for Everyone, but right. certainly I don't mean that everyone should take a psychedelic. Right. Um, and over and over in the book, I, I talk about that. And what I hope is people emerge and say, okay, I can see how A, psychedelics could be helpful for me, or I could heal, see how psychedelics could be helpful for someone I love, or I could see how psychedelics are good for society and that might impact how I vote and what I talk about when I when I have conversations about mental health and about spiritual connection and about psychedelics. So um all of that was uh was just super important for me to to get that out there and get that into the world. Yeah, yeah. I love that approach too because I think so much of the time we're tunneled into thinking like this book means I should take psychedelics, right? Like, and that everybody should take psychedelics. And, you know, I think you hit a really good note on, you know, maybe, yeah, it's not for you. Maybe it's for a loved one that's struggling. And, um, you know, what are some of the kind of key diagnoses that you focused on within your book or that you touched on possibly, um, you know, that psychedelics has possibly helped or kind of integrated into care? Yeah, I mean, I really talk about there are three ways that people find themselves with in the world of psychedelics. Some go in the medical model. They are they want to be 
to have a, a doctor prescribe. They want a clinical setting. They want all of kind of the scaffolding that comes in a medical model. And that is, that's beautiful. And we're seeing um, Colorado and Oregon uh, creating a medical framework. We're seeing MDMA hopefully re-legalized beginning of next year, psilocybin behind that. So there is a place for the medical model. In the book, I also talk about the decriminalization model and how important that is. Um, and, and where people, their perspective is, look, no one should tell an adult that putting something that comes from nature is illegal. Um, and they, they don't compromise on that in their movements. And we've seen cities across the country decriminalizing um, psychedelic use, Washington, D.C., Ann Arbor, Michigan, Detroit, some Massachusetts, Colorado, uh, California. So again, that's the second way people find themselves at the medicine. And then the third way is spiritual connection. People say, look, this is that for thousands of years, people have used these entheogens mm -hmm. or psychedelics for sacred purpose um, to, to have this communal uh, communion with God, however they define God. And that, and especially in a country founded on religious freedom, should not be illegal. And the government shouldn't put constraints around that. So I think all three ways of approaching the medicine are, are important. And the book goes into each of those, as well as then what are the different medicines? What are the research? What does the research say? How is it being used for things like depression, anxiety, OCD, eating disorders, uh, behavioral challenges, substance use challenges, and so on. But, um, but people really do find the, the entryway can be any of those three things. And the uh, mm -hmm. diagnosis is oftentimes a, uh, a secondary factor. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I talk about that so much in somatic nursing, how that diagnosis is like that secondary factor. And um, you know, I think psychedelics is such a wonderful, um, you know, we often refer to like marijuana as a gateway drug, but I think psychedelics in a sense is a gateway into the inner workings of yourself. Um, not so much a, a gateway to like, let's have a buffet, right. Experience. Like it's a, it's really a deep dive and it opens up and it peels back a lot of layers. So, um, you know, what are some of the psychedelics that you focus on within your book? So Emily, first I, I want to just, what you just said is so important. Um, when I found myself in psychedelics, I didn't think I needed psychedelics. It was yeah. more of a curiosity thing. All of a sudden that first, um, that first experience, I reconnected with my mom who passed when I was 22, she was 49. Um, I realized, oh my gosh, I feel so incredibly safe and loved. And then in the very next moment, I realized I don't normally feel safe and loved. Mm. And what's up with that? Mm -hmm. um, and how I was living my life in many ways, afraid of dying and living under someone else's story and on and on and on. So that, um, and sorry, as, as bigger than any of this is up until that moment, I had given up on any faith whatsoever. And again, in that first experience, I was like, okay, I can see that there, there, how there can be a higher power and how there can be a interconnectedness of all things. Right. Um, it, so yeah, people, I think the psychedelics can be certainly if I, okay, I already have a faith and I want to make it stronger, or I already have a, a purpose or wow, I am now uncovering all these things I want to look at on this inner journey. Mm -hmm. um, that psychedelics just kind of opened my eyes to that I had not seen before. And then you can't unsee them. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, you make a good point. It's definitely like 
unveiling the curiosity of like the unknown, like of what people may have been fearful of. Right. And we're so fearful of the unknown and kind of, you know, pulling up maybe a trauma that we've experienced in the past or connecting with a loved one that has passed. And um, it's, such an empowering moment though, when this happens. And to be quite honest, I um, wouldn't have done this podcast if I wasn't um, utilizing microdosing. And that really peeled back like the veil of Emily, like, you've got this, like, why are you being so fearful? It's a podcast. Like it's not, (laughs) you know, it's, it's really interesting um, what kind of constraints we've put on ourselves from childhood, from caregivers or our own self-talk. And I think in my own experience and, and in having, um, experiences with clients, um, especially microdosing with psilocybin per se, um, it's like they become free of those like shackles of society, the shackles of labels, the shackles of especially mental health diagnoses. I see a lot of freeing from that, you know, the, the DSM five, like I'm this, this is what I am. And it's like, well, no, hold on. Like, you're not that, you know, that's, that's a box you've been put in. Like, so let's unwrap your present. (laughs) And that's what I feel like psychedelics can be for somebody or for a loved one. So, um, you know, what are some of the experiences for a second? That really resonates what you just said. I don't want to, I don't want to let that go. That's too beautiful. Um, I mean, I think a lot of times in our culture, we, we become connected to these diagnoses. So it becomes, I am depressed. I am um, an anxious person um, versus I am experiencing depression. I am experiencing anxiety, but I am enough and I am loved and I am worthy and I am beautiful. Um, We don't get that message as often as I think we, we should. And I think psychedelics allows people to remember who they are. Mm-hmm. And those things. And then to look at the experience of, again, depression, anxiety, pick your thing, or the behavior from, oh, I've had this trauma and I'm doing this behavior to cope with this. Okay, I can see that. But now I can see it without blaming myself or without shame. And I can see that I have a different path ahead of me. Um, it's it's kind of remarkable the, uh, what, this, what these medicines uh, have the ability to do. Um, for people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very intriguing. And, um, you know, I think, you know, so many people are utilizing this, this medicine in a way that they've been using um, pharmaceutical medicines and there's a disconnect there. So I wanted to kind of just briefly like discuss this disconnect of, how we're given a pharmaceutical drug, say for blood pressure, for say for depression, and we just pop it in, some chase it down with water, some chase it down with whiskey, whatever you chase it down with, it's not usually intentional. So that's what I want to talk about within psychedelics. There's a it, I almost like want to really touch base on like it has to be intentional. Um and like why you're taking it. And do you kind of, do you want to kind of piggyback on this or? I totally do. I mean, let's, let's first start with, with antidepressants, anti-anxiety, mood stabilizers, um, antidepressants. They were never meant to be 
the solution for the rest of your life. Uh, right. But in our culture, uh, in the way we get prescribed medicine, oftentimes you're given an antidepressant. And then in these 10 minute wellness checks, it's just re-prescribed, re-prescribed, re-prescribed. You never get the chance to get to the root. Um, on top of which they only work on roughly 40% of the population. So if, if it doesn't work for you, that's not you failing the medicine, it's the medicine failing you. And that's, that's okay. You did nothing wrong. Um, and even when they do work, the side effect profile is, it's a pretty high price tag. So we're used to hearing a list of what possible side effects are, but we don't often get told, oh, and by the way, if you take this antidepressant, 73% will have some type of sexual dysfunction. Mm -hmm. It's a huge number. I think people might make a different choice if it's if it's that clear of a information versus this this might happen to you might happen to you might happen to you uh, itchy feet oh well I can I can live with those side effects well it's again if they work for you beautiful um, no pill, no pill shaming here but if they're not working there are options um, starting with ketamine as our only legal psychedelic here in the country to um the underground use that you're you're talking about emily with uh with with psilocybin with potentially microdosing with lsd um uh, wachuma or mescaline mm -hmm. lots of other people are doing choosing another path and then we get into the whole um we're used to in our culture you take a pill every day here's your here's your antidepressants once a day and you get hooked um, with psychedelics, many people, it's once in their life. Some it's, it's more frequently, maybe once a quarter, once a year, but it's not every day. Um, with again, obviously the, the exception being ketamine that can be, uh, um, for different people, it's, it had, they have, they're in different schedules, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a very different mindset and sorry. And I almost lost track of the question. The question was about intentionality. <laughs> Yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> the other thing with uh, psychedelics is you you have the opportunity to when 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 uh to prepare and to think in advance of okay medicine if I have my choice if I can have any way I want these are the things I'd like you to show me and you can set that out there and and have a respectful process with the medicine and maybe it'll show you that or maybe it'll have a different plan for you but um but that intentionality the um, control over your environment making sure you're safe. Um, we call it source, set, and setting. Um, so, is your medicine pure? Is your mindset clear? Do you do you have a do you know what you're going into? How long it's going to be? And then, is is the setting controlled? So you have no surprises when you're in this non-ordinary state of consciousness. Um, if you have those three things taken care of, the probability of a bad trip is uh, is very low. Challenging, still possible, right. but bad, very low. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've seen it happen in um people going into it intentionally, like this is whack or this isn't gonna work. And I'm like, good luck with this, <laughs> like in the back of my mind, because you know, it's it's almost like going into um just an experience. Like if you're gonna go into it, like I'm gonna have a good time, like you're setting yourself up probably more likely to have a good time, right? With that mindset rather than like, oh, I'm gonna have the worst time ever, right? So yeah, I think it it has to be intentional. And what I've seen in my experience as a mental health nurse um, and being in uh, various ketamine clinics, it's rather interesting because when I was able to um, experience ketamine and it was very helpful to intentionally disassociate me so I could like be an observer of myself. Mm -hmm. And I was mind blown by that. I was like, whoa, this is so cool because 
I'm an observer anyway, but I've never been an observer of self. And so when I was able to do that, I was like mind blown. And um, what I was able to experience though was in an environment that was very inviting when, where I was able to move, I was able to do hot and cold showers. I was able to lay on like this warm blanket. And um, unfortunately it's not like that for everybody. And I think like science is so wonderful in research and coming from academia and being like, yes, I love research it's so hard to measure. <laughs> it's like, we need like a human research or a human experience research or something, because, you know, it's not like you've taken this much and you're going to have this much experience. It's so like broad of results for everyone. So how do, do you agree with like, should there be some sort of environment that's more holistic rather than a clinical, like you're in a bed and you're receiving a ketamine IV. I don't know. It just feels so constrictive to me in a healing process. So it's, so <laughs> I think it's important that uh, we go back to, I, I think people meet the medicine where, where they want it, where they want to meet it. And there are some people mm-hmm. who, um, who actually like the clinical experience, who feel great mm-hmm. comfort in having that, uh, the person with the white uh, lab coat, the nurse anesthesiologist, um, mm-hmm. taking their vitals and doing that experience. Um, and there's others, um, it sounds like you and I are more aligned in this path who, who want more of a ceremonial approach or, or a, um, a wellness experience. Part of this comes back to in the old days, there was really no separation between healer and, uh, and spiritual person. It was one role. And in Western medicine, we've really divided that into, we have doctors and then we have religious people. Right. And I get what psychedelics are complicated because it plays in both space. It's not just a biochemical reaction. It's a biochemical, psychosocial, spiritual experience. Right. So I get people who say, well, wait, wait, wait. If you're just to put psychedelics in the hands of the spiritual people, they don't have enough knowledge to keep us safe in terms of the latest with, with my mind, with my body. Mm. Fair enough. But then conversely, if you say it should be in the hands of the doctors, it's fair to say, well, they don't have enough knowledge of the spiritual realm and, and how these different psychedelics mm. work in that level. So I think we need a, a spiritual medical reconciliation where, um, and, uh, and, and bring all of this above ground. So both groups can practice with the greatest available knowledge for both sides. Um, right. I think that'd be tremendously helpful us for us all and and yes bring more holistic into all aspects of it spirituals can do things like medical intakes informed consents and medical can do things like group ceremonies for mm. the medical distribution i mean a ketamine group is is beautiful but not a lot of practitioners do it that way wow yeah yeah i'm excited to see where the yeah the path of this goes and to see where Kind of humans integrate back humanness into it rather than pulling so much towards like I know pharmaceutical companies are just like gearing up and so excited of integrating some of these awesome plant-based medicines um, into our culture a little bit more. But yeah, I think it comes with just like a hesitation. It gives me like this visceral feeling of like putting on the brakes, like hold on, y'all. Like, you know, I think it just has to be used so intentionally. And I get 
nervous about it not being intentionally used. I don't, does that make sense? It makes total sense. I mean, I personally wouldn't, I actually talk about this in my book, the same questions you would ask an underground provider, you would ask an above ground provider. Mm -hmm. How am I going to get this medicine? What is the environment going to be like? What are you going to do in advance to prepare me for this experience? Are you going to talk about intention setting? What is going to happen during the actual medicine? Do I have music? Do I have a mask? Is there going to be people talking to me? Am I being quiet? What's going to happen after? Is there an integration process at all where people are helping me unpack the things that came up for me? It's the same questions whether you're, you're vetting out a ketamine clinic or a, a psilocybin uh, shaman. It's, it, just, it's a buyer beware on either side. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. And it's, um, it's interesting that we don't really ask those questions of like our nurse practitioners or our doctors that are prescribing, like, say like an antidepressant, right? Like, okay, should I set up for, should I have a journal? Like, you know, if I'm feeling suicidal in the next four to six weeks, um, because this isn't supposed to work till six weeks, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, it's, I'm excited to see because there is so many pieces and parts to taking and um, using psychedelics as a medicine. There's like, you know, it's like the front, the middle, and then the end. And it's like that continuity of care that we don't really often see anymore in traditional medicine. Um, so it's really cool. And, and there's so many different roles that people can have um, like, um, currently in somatic nursing, we learn about psychedelics and we learn about the integration and we learn about what kind of questions to ask somebody at the beginning, the middle and the end. And, you know, what does it look like if something doesn't feel right? Like, how can we guide somebody back and um, just asking questions of curiosity? So um, is there a part in your book that talks about um, more education that like professionals can get or are there is there like a q a you know section in your book um there's some of that interspersed but there are better books out there for people who are looking to truly be practitioners in the space yeah um yeah a lot there there are definitely some better books i'm thinking about um well expanded consciousness is a good one and there there's mm -hmm. others um but this is more about i'm i'm more on the receiving side and um what you should consider as you're potentially looking at different medicines by different means of administration. So what's the difference? What's the research saying with ketamine? What are the different ways you can take it versus psilocybin versus ibogaine versus ayahuasca versus mm -hmm. DMT and 5-MeO? Um, yeah, it's much more about that. I think it's super important for nurses. Um, so let's try to bring this back. Um, I mean, the, again, Nurses are the the front lines of healthcare. They're the ones spending the most time with the the patients. They're the ones who are interacting more with the family members, um, and they have. It takes a huge emotional uh, emo emotional toil. Uh, yeah. The burnout rate in that industry is just so high, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's interesting the nurses that are choosing to use psychedelics for their own grounding to remember that this is a human experience, but we're spiritual creatures. That this is a a longer lifespan than what's right here. The ability to, to look at death, to look at relationships between family members, um, to look at their own biases and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and programming. It's, it's, it's just incredible. I love it when medical, when I see medical professionals in these, uh, different retreats that I've been to, I think they always 
bring such incredible perspective and they've seen more than the average person has seen in terms of the uh, cycle of life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty fascinating. There's, um, a group of nurses that I meet with and, um, they've either experienced psychedelics or integrated with psychedelics with other clients in some way. And just the sharing of experiences is so profound. And like you said, nurses really do see a lot of trauma. And I was just speaking to a nurse the other day and, um, you know, the amount of trauma she she was just describing, she's like, you know, I'm so drawn to watching like horror films and drawn to this like trauma adrenaline rush. And I was like, wow, yeah, because that's what you're used to. That's what's actually saying like, hey, nervous system, you're okay. Cause I'm in this trauma adrenaline rush. And um, she s- stated, you know, she did um, several experiences with ketamine mm-hmm. and it kind of brought her, she stated back to this like balance level that when she felt that she needed to watch like a horror film or something traumatic. It was almost like this. She said it was like a ping. She was like, it was almost like a ping that came in. And it was like, she noticed that she needed to do that, but she decided to do something else. And it was, so it was like this beautiful separation of trauma from self. Um, And she was like coming back to her true self. And those layers of those like experiences were kind of like shedding or you know, peeling away. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's huge that nurses learn about this and possibly, you know, for their own mental health and well-being, you know, check into some of this stuff and definitely read your book. Cause that's a good intro and introduction to what, what that is, what psychedelics is. So what are some good other key features of your book, <clears throat> excuse me, um, that you'd like to suggest? you brought up microdosing. Um, There's a whole guide to microdosing um, inside the book. And we talk about the research and the research is split. There's research Mm -hmm. that says this is really helpful. And there's other research that says it's just a placebo. So people can can look into that talks about kind of the protocols for how do you microdose Um, much that's probably the most how to section of the book. Um, And then and for people who are interested in in that whether it's with uh, psilocybin or lsd there's there's just different um a bunch of different research in there for that um and then i do think that the there are i guess for again for nurses um you might be interested in what are the sources of some of the things that are said so i did every chapter put in a full bibliography so that if you wanted to check out any of the studies that are referenced you can pull them up because you are you do have the scientific background that you could you can understand them in a way that's a that's different than the um, again the average person. Nice, yeah, it's always super helpful to have that science based research and evidence based research. And yeah, I was actually just reading how microdosing it's like such a on the fence thing. And I was reading a study, and they did they gave like 20 people placebos and then 20 people microdosing and it, there was like no difference and so then that made me think like wow like mindset might be really huge this is like a mindset research here <laughs> you know so um you know what in your own experience um did psychedelics help you with do you think the most or um yeah i love that question i think um just being more aware of myself, being more aware of the, uh, how things in my past 
did impact me, whether I tried to put them into a drawer or not, didn't matter. They still were there. And they, and those things influenced how I engaged with the world mm-hmm. um, and being able to kind of unpack those things, look at them, um, heal from some of those and then move forward. Um, just in being more aware of kind of every day, how, how amazing of uh, what it, amazing time to be alive how beautiful this world is it can have problems and it does have problems um and challenges but it's still beautiful beautiful world and uh and then how interconnected we are i i i think i saw myself as an other as a separation from as my own eh, thing and now i see me as much more we're all connected um we are all nature we're not these strange animals on top of nature we are nature and um, that's really changed, the, again, the way I, I think about the world. Mm, yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I, that's such a such a common term is like just coming to awareness. And, um, you know, for me and dealing with like suicidal ideations for a really long time, psilocybin has helped kind of separate from that. And I do see the world like I go outside, I'm like, God, the sky is so blue. Like Mm. the plants are beaming. Like Mm. they're almost like, I feel like this energy of interconnectedness, like you said, with nature. And, um, I'm a nature lover anyway. So I'm like always out in nature and, um, it's yeah. To the point I'm like hugging trees. I'm like, yeah, you know, but you know, it's like how far into nature do you want to get? But yeah, it's, it's so profound. And, um, I think it just speaks, speaks so much to plant medicine. Like who knows how many other plants are out there in the rainforest or in the world um, that can help us. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of this, you know? <laughs> it's happening. I mean, it yeah. feels like there's, there's a, uh, that there are more and more of us having these conversations and there's more of an understanding of the power of this medicine. There's more of a frustration with the existing solutions mm. and um and there, there are challenges in our in our environment that that need addressing and mm. uh, this is kind of an amazing technology to bring all of that together yeah absolutely yeah what would you think would be one thing that you would want nurses to know that they should be aware of when interacting with patients that might be using or interested in psychedelics. Okay. So in this case, it's the patients that are using the psychedelics or the nurses, the patients. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, vacation kind of. Yeah. That, so I, I guess I'm a, it's interesting. We, we all take that. We go to the doctors. We all are, um, asked up front, like, do you do any drugs? Do you, how much do you drink? How much do you smoke? And most of us will say, no, we don't do any drugs, even if we do plenty of drugs because we don't want to have the conversation. Um, my hope would be that nurses who are typically the ones doing those screenings mm-hmm. when they would see that I do drugs and I do, especially if there's any listed, wouldn't look at that with judgment, would look at it with more curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, and why? What's going on for you? How's that, how's that working? Versus... Uh, Versus it being a danger sign, being more of a, essentially a sign of health. Okay, this person's on a path. This person really does want to know themselves better. This person wants to heal and they're using drugs for a very positive reason. 
versus the assumption, which is the negative reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And yeah, especially as a mental health provider, you know, I, when I ask my clients, I'm like, Hey, you know, do you use any marijuana? Do you use any psychedelics? And a lot of them are like, did you just say psychedelics? <laughs> I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, because if I, if I just say like straight out drugs, like that is that, that covers a lot, right? Yeah. That's like a dare lecture waiting to be had. So I'm just <laughs> like, I'm, you know, and I try to go more in, like, I'll be like, Hey, ketamine, psilocybin, and I'll kind of like have like this little pocket list. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. I think, you know, as nurses and as nurse educators, when we just become simply educated, just very briefly, just about even psychedelics, it allows us to drop a wall down. And I think that's so important in the nurse patient relationship, because like you said, many of the time, you know, we don't want to (laughs) admit, yeah, I do this, this, and this, and it actually really works for me. I don't take any other medication that was prescribed because I feel like a zombie and that's the, you know, and you know, if, if nurses can have that space of like, Hey, I'm not going to judge you. Like, this is actually great. If you want to, you know, figure out different ways to help your mind, body, and your soul, you know, not just your mind, we're not just treating the mind. So yeah, it's, um, it's so important that nurses learn this. So yeah. So thank you for being on here today. Well, thank you for having me. Have you read Dr. Carl Hart's book, uh, drug use for grownups? Oh, no, I have not. Ooh, that's, that's a juicy one. That's a very good one. So again, he's been studying addiction for uh, 20 plus years up at Columbia and he yeah. came out with this book and said, you know, I'm a father, I'm a, a husband, I'm a professor, mm-hmm. I'm an academic, and I do a lot of drugs. And sometimes I do them for fun. <laughs> it's a fascinating book, though, that talks about cultural bias yeah. and the drug wars and the drug war impact on um, on different segments of the population being much harder than others. Mm-hmm. And um, his pers- his unique perspective on um, addiction and the real, what's really addiction and what does that mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the war on drugs. So fascinating book. You might like it. Yeah. I will check that out. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. So as we come to an end here, I want to ask you, what is your go-to song right now? Your favorite song, like your jam, your jam song. I've been listening to a bunch of Bob Schneider. So I like singer songwriters. Yeah. Um, and I just think he is, he's super clever and clearly has a, he, he has a, uh, um, a, uh, some, he's had some mental health challenges in his experience. Um, yeah. And I think it, uh, the, I think it's in a room full of blood with a sleeping tiger is his last album, but uh, just really clever lyrics. And um and he's just one of those fun performers. He uh, he records almost every show and makes the album available, like the Dead did, um, for people who want to download it. And That's so it's, cool. Uh, it's super cool. So he's constantly changing his music around. So between him and Martin Sexton, I think are my two favorite uh, current performers. I'm listening to a bunch too. Nice. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'll Who's put yours? That- Right now, wow, I listen to so much music. Um, I've actually been dabbling in more podcasts mm-hmm. and um I've been listening to Smart List by it's with Jason Bateman, um, Will Arnett, and Sean. Oh, I don't know the last name, Sean something. 
Um, but I just, I've been like in this comedy zone lately and just needing, cause I've been getting a lot of like pull from just like energies, like, cause I'm trailblazing and you get mm-hmm. pulled, you know, and it's like, I need some laughter. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to a lot of smart less, but I just went to a sublime and Rome show. Oh, fun. Yeah. So I, I like sublime. I like kind of the uh-huh. reggae, like, yeah. yeah, it changes with seasons though. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'll be like in winter and be like listening to tool and like mm-hmm. some dark, like, <laughs> get that too. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's nice range. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I love music. It's healing. And yeah, I think music is so important too. And integration of like plant medicine. It's, you know, if we, I mean, this is going to be another topic for a different day as we wrap up, but you know, like look at the 1970s and like all the music and like the psychedelics, like, you know, it's, it's that interconnectedness of like all the senses. Totally agree. So thank you so much for coming on today, Matt. It was such a pleasure and I look forward to reading your book and hope that other people can read your book as well. And so where can we get your book? Anywhere books are sold. There's also an audible version where I read all the parts I wrote. A woman narrator reads all the part that went parts the women wrote. And um, yeah, so, and and then Beyond the Trip is also on a on Amazon for preparation and integration for psychedelic experiences. And that can be for anything from, again, ketamine to ayahuasca. But Emily, I appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate you bringing this particular message out to the frontline um, teams. Um, Super, super important what you're doing. So thank you for inviting me on. And hopefully this was of of interest to them. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, take care, Matt, and we'll maybe have you on the show again. We can talk about this forever. I'm sure we could. (laughs) Thanks, Emily. All right. Thanks.